morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. So in our weekly uh, Bible reading uh, that's coming up for this week, um, we're going to be looking at Luke 9 through Luke 15. And as I was uh, considering those chapters, I noticed something. Uh, four different times, Jesus repeats himself uh, about the same thing. Uh, in Luke chapter 9, twice, in Luke 12 once, and in Luke 14 once, Jesus talks about discipleship. And if you're reading through the Bible and you're looking to enhance um, your Bible study and trying to get more things out of it, one thing you should do is always look for repetition. When anybody repeats something, it's very important. And Jesus repeats something four times, that got my antenna up and got me thinking, this must be important. And it must be worth repeating because maybe people needed to know exactly what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. So if you look up the word disciple, you'll find a definition similar to this. It's a follower or a student of a teacher, someone who hears a message from someone else, agrees with that message, and then wants to live that message out. And these four separate times from Luke 9 to Luke 14, Jesus is telling people exactly what that means to follow him as a disciple. Basically, um, we, we're not going to look at all four uh, sections. I was thinking about it, but um, I realized that they all say the same thing, so we only really need to look, uh, look at one. And we're going to look at the first one in Luke 9, starting in verse 23. But just so you know, Jesus is going to tell us plainly two things, two things um, that are very clear when Jesus talks about discipleship in these different passages in Luke. Uh, the first thing is he tells us exactly who we are. Uh, your relationship to God, whether or not right now you're following God or whether or right, not right now you just happen to be uh, looking through the internet looking for somewhere to worship and you stumbled upon us here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, does not matter. Jesus is going to tell us our relationship to God. And the second thing he's going to tell us is where we're going, where we're going as followers of Christ and where we're going if we're not followers of Christ. And uh, as I was thinking about those two things, I realized that those are mission and vision statements, and any good company or organization or group with a purpose has a mission statement and a vision statement. And those things are important to let anybody who's in that group know exactly what they need to be doing. Something that struck me about this idea of a mission and vision statement or of who we are and where we're going um, especially today, is we live in a, in, a, in a completely different world than just a few months ago. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you might be wondering, how am I supposed to honor God today? Uh, I self-isolate or we're in quarantine. You know, we can't be near each other. We can't be doing the same things we were doing. But these truths that Jesus is going to spell out for us in Luke 9, starting in verse 23, these truths are the same today as they were before and the title of this message is discipleship according to Jesus and I say that specifically because um, Jesus never changes Jesus is the same today he's the same tomorrow he's the same as he was in the beginning of time and he's going to be the same all the way until eternity and we can take hope and and comfort in the fact that if we are honoring God the way he says to do it then no matter what our circumstances are he will be pleased with us and we'll have a purpose and we'll have um, an idea of what we should be doing. 
even if there's a global pandemic or even if everything's fine, we'll know what to do and how to follow God. So let's turn to Luke 9 and start in verse 23. Then Jesus said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, that means if anyone desires to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. I'll read that again. Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, three things. Let him deny himself, let him take up his cross daily, and let him follow me. I mentioned that there was, uh, there's three other sections uh, in, uh, in Luke uh, that talk about discipleship, and basically they all end up saying these same three things. And that's what we're going to explore a little bit this morning, what these three things mean for us today. And remember, Jesus repeated them four times, and that means that they are so important for us to repeat to ourselves all the time. So, uh, look at the first one in, in verse 23. If anyone wants to follow me, come after me, let him deny himself. Uh, it's interesting, this verb deny in the Greek is opposite of the verb confess. So if you confess something, and actually right before, this, right before Jesus was teaching this, Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, who, does, who do the crowds say I am, and who do you say I am? And, G- and Peter said to him, Jesus, we know you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. You're the one sent to save us. And Jesus then says, the next thing he says is, you have to deny yourself, Peter. You can't just say I'm Jesus with your mouth, but you have to live that truth with your life. The opposite of confess, if confession is to speak, then deny here means to act. Deny yourself. And it's not just public actions, it's not just when you come to church you serve God, but it is actions in private as well. When no one's looking, do you still honor God by denying yourself? Well, what does it mean to deny myself? Well, it means this. You take your hand, into your, reach into your heart, rip out your right to self-rule by its roots, rip that out of your heart, and put Jesus' desires in place of it. And what I mean by that is, you know, as humans, uh, we're, we're, we're in, we have this sin nature, right? And this uh, part of this sin nature uh, has us convinced that we all each have a right to rule our own lives, that we have the right to be in control of everything that goes on. And if we think about it, that's simply not true. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, uh, God created us all, and he has the right over our lives, but the great, thing, uh, the, the great act of pride that we commit is, I think I have the right to rule my own life. And I think I have the right to, um, to make me happy, to put me first. And Jesus understands that we feel that way or that we, are, we think that way. And the first thing he says to be a disciple is, deny yourself. Rip that right to self-rule out and put Jesus' desires there instead. Quite simply, it means live for the sake of Christ. What makes Jesus happy? What uh, does Jesus say to do? Those are the things we need to be thinking about. And that's how we deny ourselves. So that's the first thing. The second thing he says, and it's, it's so closely tied to deny, uh, deny yourself that you might think it's the exact same thing, uh, but it's actually a natural outpouring of what happens when we deny ourselves. Jesus says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Now, back then, 
this word picture that Jesus uses of the cross, everybody would have instantly got it. Um, what that meant was uh, Jesus is saying, take on a sign of execution. So in Roman rule, the highest form of, of punishment, of capital punishment, was crucifixion, which Jesus was going to experience himself. And part of the process of crucifixion, very uh, pointedly, uh, was to carry your cross beam to your place of execution. So anybody who was going to be crucified had to carry part of the instrument of death that they were going to with them. And it was on purpose. Uh, Rome did this on purpose first so that anybody else watching, uh, if you saw someone carrying a cross beam, you knew they are going to be killed because they have defied the power of Rome. And that was for them, but it also had a meaning for the person carrying the cross. And what it meant for them was, I have no control over my own life. I have no say in my destiny. No one would choose to go to death, right? But if you are forced to carry your cross, um, you, have, you have submitted to the higher power of Rome. And what Jesus is saying is, just like that is true when you take up a cross physically, take up your cross spiritually and submit to the power of God, the power and rule and authority of God in your life. It might mean that you have to follow Christ to death. Um, he does require that of some of his disciples. But what it means every day is that you take yourself and you kill it on the cross and you submit to the authority of God. Paul talks about that in a couple of places too, dying to self, living to Christ. So that's the second thing. The first thing we do, of course, deny ourselves. The second thing is we take up our cross and we, we show by our life that we are submitting to the power of God and the authority of God. And then he says two words to end this, uh, this sentence. He says, follow me. Now, people who were listening then, we don't really necessarily have this problem because we weren't there, but people who were, who were hearing him then might have thought, okay, so if I just walk with you, Jesus, if I go where you go, if I stop where you stop, eat where you eat, sleep where you sleep, then I'm following you. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's not asking everybody who's listening He's not saying you have to go geographically where I go. I mean, for us today, that's almost impossible. You can retrace his steps, uh, but you couldn't possibly go everywhere Jesus went. And he's talking again on a spiritual, deeper level here. What he's saying is you have to walk the path that I walked. And what is the path that Jesus walked? Well, he walked a path of humility. He walked a path of self-denial. He practiced this exact thing. He denied himself and he took up his cross, and he followed God. He took the path of obedience. Whatever his father wanted him to do, no matter what, Jesus did it, and thank God he did. And he took a path of suffering. Jesus is saying, if you wish to be my disciple, if you really want to honor me with your life, you have to take the same path that I do. No matter if times are good, and no matter if we're in the middle of a pandemic and times are different and anxiety and fear is running rampant. In any situation, you must follow the same path of Christ. Now, if you're like me, you, uh, there's a natural question that follows, and that's, uh, okay, what's in it for me? What do I get out of all this? And I, I'm going to turn to Mark here. There's an interesting passage um, where Peter... Jesus is kind of that right-hand guy we think of, right? 
Um, the, the, the disciple who, uh, who was kind of the leader of everybody else, or at least seemed that way, um, in Mark 10, he asks this exact same question. After Jesus has talked about what it means to be a follower, uh, to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow him, then Peter asks uh, what we're all thinking. What, a, uh, what do we get out of this? That's, very, that's, that's a difficult thing. What's in it for me? And Jesus doesn't rebuke him, notice that, but Jesus actually answers this question because God is so gracious and merciful that even though we should just do it because he asked us to do it, because that's right, there's still rewards that are involved with being a disciple of Jesus. Uh, Look at Mark 10, starting in verse 28. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. And basically what he's saying is, Lord, look, we did what you asked. What are we going to get? What do we have to show for it? What is in it for us? And Jesus answered him and said this. This is amazing. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left his house, his brothers, his sisters, his father, his mother, his wife, his children, or his lands for my sake in the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus is saying that there are two levels There are two levels of reward that we can receive for being a disciple of Jesus. Obviously, and the biggest one is eternal life, right? And he ends it there, and that's usually um, what we think of. But Jesus also promises that in this life, God will bless his people. And he won't just bless them a little bit. He will bless them abundantly. He says a hundredfold. Now, I, I don't know about you, but if you think about Peter's life, I don't know that he ever had a hundred times the lands he left or a hundred times the kids he ever had before or whatever, but Peter gained so much in his life. And Jesus isn't promising to give you a um, hundred times whatever you lose specifically, but he is saying to you that God will bless you in ways you can't even imagine, and it is, uh, and it is so abundantly. A hundredfold a hundred times what you had before in this life. And we know that he's talking about in this life because he says this is going to come with persecutions, meaning while you suffer here on this earth, God is still taking care of you if you are his disciple. And then obviously, the most important gift he gives us and the greatest gift that has uh, no value on it at all is the gift of eternal life. To spend eternity in the presence of God with his fellow believers and the body of Christ and other disciples to never once uh, have to think about suffering and pain and tears and evil again, but to be completely free, completely recreated. Uh, that is the greatest gift that Jesus wants to give his disciples and that he, when he goes to the cross and he rises again, that he secures for them. And he echoes that back in Luke 9, if you want to turn back there as we, um, as we close here. Luke 9, um, after he says the three things that a disciple must do, if you are a disciple of Christ, you must deny yourself, you must take up your cross daily, and you must follow Jesus. Any other way of being a disciple, it means you're you're not being a disciple. You have to do these things. And then he says this, and and, and here's what you're going to get in Jesus' words. Verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. If you're trying to make sure that you are in control of your circumstances, in the end of the day, your life is not going to have meant anything. But if you live for Christ, you will be saved by Jesus and your life will have meaning. 
For what profit is it, of a, is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? If you had everything you could possibly want and desire in this life, at the end you can't take it with you and it's not going to matter. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed. And when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and the holy angels. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, I'm not just some regular teacher. I'm not just some guy that's got a creed you should follow. I am the Son of God, and I am telling you that if you want to be in right relationship with God, and if you want to have purpose and meaning in your life now and in the life to come, you must uh, honor me with your life. And you must do those three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And no matter what life looks like, And right now, life looks a little different, like we said before. No matter what life looks like, those are the things that God's people should be about. However that might play out in your new normal, those are the things we should be doing. And and I said that this is discipleship according to Jesus, and Jesus never changes. It's not discipleship according to a pandemic or discipleship according to the good times or a job promotion. It's discipleship according to Jesus. So that no matter what happens in this life, you know, Christian, what you are to be about. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you haven't had that relationship with him yet, then these truths still can apply to you. And, and, and it's just turn this into a question. Will you deny yourself? Will you take up your cross daily? And will you follow Jesus? The moment you put your trust in him, the moment those rewards that Jesus talked about in Mark and talks about here in Luke, those are for you. Blessings in this life, honoring God with your life, he will bless that. And the greatest gift of all, eternal life, um, forever with God, forever with Jesus, forever in the presence of the Lord is what he offers to you. So this morning, if you don't know Christ, will you please come to him? Will you become his disciple this morning? And if you're already a disciple, will you continue to remind yourselves of these things? Right now, life is hard. But Jesus gave us this map to follow when life is hard and when life is good so that we can continue to be the disciples he wants us to be. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to come together and to worship. Father, I thank you that no matter what it's like around us, you never change. Thank you, Jesus, for the example, the the example of denying, of taking up a cross, and of following God. Father, I pray that everyone who hears this this morning, they would remind themselves of that. Father, if there's anyone here who's never put their trust in you, bring them right now. Father, thank you that it's a free gift. It doesn't cost us. It costs Jesus everything. And Father, I thank you so much for his grace and mercy. And Father, for those who already are following you, Lord, encourage them, strengthen them, and remind them that you are with them, and that in this life, despite whatever happens, you are still good and loving and you reward your people. We thank you and we love you in your name. Amen. Remember, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We're inviting you to come to Christ. We're inviting you to acknowledge your sin, to say, Lord, I know that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin, and I trust you as my Savior. Let's sing together, Just As I Am. Just as I am, we 
pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we look to you, and every day we see your steadfast love. You pour it out on us. In the midst of our trials and our difficulties, we see your hand. We see your plan. We see your purpose. And Father, we pray today that as we trust you, as we know that we have life in Christ, as we trust in the shed blood of your Son, we pray, Lord, that you would encourage us together, and may your grace and mercy and peace rest and abide with us till we meet again. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen.